Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. Today we're discussing the legal elements in preparing for the sale of a business. This area is relevant not only to business owners and managers of businesses gearing up for exit, but also for accountants, brokers and other advisors working with businesses in this area and getting a refresh of the legal items that need to be thought about well before a sale so as not to slow down the sale process once it's kicked off. Now, in upcoming episodes, we'll be looking at other elements of preparing a business for sale and we'll be talking to business owners and managers who've been through the sale process to understand what issues came up that they weren't expecting. But for now, focusing in this episode just on the legal items we have on board our resident M&A expert, Elizabeth Lee, who heads up our business sale, merger and purchase division at Aspect Legal. Liz is a commercial lawyer with an MBA degree who's advised businesses for almost two and a half decades. So she certainly brings a wealth of experience to today's episode. Hello, Liz. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining in. Great. Okay, so let's talk, I think, first about why is it important for businesses and advisors who deal with businesses to understand why they should be preparing themselves in advance for a sale coming up? Well, when you're selling a business, Joe, I think you want to give the business confidence that the purchaser confidence that you know, as a seller, you know your business inside out. And not only that, you're well organized, you're prepared, and the purchaser will not come across any issues and, yeah. and problems after they purchase. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? We see this a lot. When businesses enter into the sale process and get to that point of due diligence. And we'll probably in future episodes talk specifically about due diligence as well. But get into this due diligence process. If at that point they start to see holes or risks or things that they weren't expecting at that point, it can have a major derailing impact on how the transaction flows or indeed whether the transaction continues at all. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it slows down the parties. There's opportunity for the purchaser to try to renegotiate yeah. on price because of concerns and so forth, you know, and, and really you want to try and avoid that by being prepared mm. before you put your business on the market. Absolutely. So I think it's certainly true to say that early preparation helps with the sale price as well as reducing those issues during that due diligence process. That's right. And it helps speed up the transaction too. Absolutely, it does. Great. Okay. All right. So there are all the reasons why we might want to prepare early. So maybe let's now launch into what the things are that businesses should be considering in terms of getting themselves sale ready. Mm. So I guess the first area that I often think of is business structure. Is it the right structure for sale? I've seen in the past examples of 
high value sales or multi-million dollar sales where the structure was inadequate and leaves business owners then in the position where they're paying more tax, much more tax than needed to. You know, I've seen instances where business owners have paid millions more in tax than they need to. So I guess business structure right from the beginning is an important element for businesses to think about. Yes, correct. Because I think that there's different concessions available, tax concessions as to whether you sell shares in a company mm. or the business um, depends on the circumstances of the vendor too Yeah, as to why they're selling. So I think consultation early with, yeah. with the accountant so that you know exactly what structure you want to present to the buyer yeah. in the most financially efficient manner is important. Absolutely, absolutely. Fabulous. Okay, so business structure is super important. And I guess also understanding the structure of the sale or the potential ways that a sale can occur. Because quite often we have, as as you rightly said, Liz, we can be selling the assets or the shares or the full business. But I guess our other way of structuring transactions is whether or not when you're looking at selling, you would be considering things like earnouts or deferred payments because all of those can be really important considerations. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly. sometimes I find that sellers are really scared about the concept of deferred payments and earnouts, which is understandable. We sometimes spend a lot of time negotiating. <laughs> yes, that's right, because they've sold their business, they've given control of their business to the buyer, but yet they haven't received the full consideration. Yeah. And not only that, they're not running the business anymore. And, and so to have an earnout based payment where you can't control how the earnout occurs, that's very risky for the seller. Yeah. And then on the flip side, though, sometimes that can garner higher value and increase a potential pool of buyers. So I guess the, the, the tricky thing is always in sort of understanding what the risks and potential benefits are in looking at some of these alternative approaches for structuring a sale. Yes, correct. So it's getting the advice again, once again, isn't it? Speaking to your lawyers and your accountants and your brokers who are experts mm -hmm. in this area so we can help guide you in yep. relation to what the options are and what they mean at the end of the yeah. day. And, and to maximise, maximise your return, right? And so if you are going to go down the path of earnout, be very clear to the vendor as to, well, what are the conditions that should apply during the period of the earnout? And so mm. if you're clear about that up front, you spend less time haggling and negotiating it because you've already agreed up front commercially. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, great. So I guess then the next area that businesses can look at in preparing for sale is really considering what the value is in their business and how to lock in those elements. What are some of the areas, I guess, is that we see where value really sits for many of our clients in their businesses? Yeah, well, it depends on the business, doesn't it? I mean, for some businesses, it could be the client contracts that are really valuable. Mm. For some businesses, there's some key staff that's valuable. You know, maybe that it's the staff that that's the, the value in the business or, or it could be IP, uh, mm. could be location of the premises, mm. you know, it could be any of those things. Mm. So, And so I guess it's looking at each of these areas. So maybe firstly, in relation to IP, because it, it's a good point, you raising that 
IP can be critical sometimes to a business. So the question is, how has a business recognised and protected all of the IP within their business? So IP can can come from brand protection, so trademarks protecting the business brand, which can sometimes be really important to buyers that we've seen. Mm. Could be it could be um, the business name yeah. that has a lot of value in, out in the market, mm, mm. and it can also be, I guess, other areas that might have intellectual property value to a business. So staff yes. manuals, training yes, manuals, advertising exactly. material. So mm-hmm. it's all about identifying these things and ensuring. Number one, that they're protected when they can be, say, for example, through trademarks, but also that the chain of title, I think, is established. And that's a really important one because sometimes we see businesses that have intellectual property created, say, for example, by suppliers or contractors, and they haven't had in place documents that accurately or fully show their ownership that the Ownership has been assigned to them from this intellectual property that's been created by Mm. contractors and other service providers down the line. Yes, absolutely. Particularly in relation to perhaps any specific applications or software that a business has Mm. developed Mm. and they outsource it to someone overseas to develop their software for them. Mm. Where's that? They make sure that there is document that properly vests the IP in them. And because often if it's been created now, but you're looking at selling your business in five years' time, and then suddenly in five years' time, you find that a buyer wants to have confirmation about the chain of title in relation to this intellectual property, it's too late for you to go back and find the supplier yes. and get that assignment. Or indeed, they may want a high, hefty price for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. assigning it at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's- Or you end up having to give indemnities mm. that in relation to it in case any issue arises in the future, which mm. which means that as a seller, you, you uh, take on the risk. Mm, you're bearing that risk and taking that on into the future. That's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So, and I guess sometimes supplier contracts, you know, there might sometimes be key supplier contracts that are important to lock in, which is less often than client contracts, but it can be the case. And, and I guess with these key supplier contracts, one of the things that is important for you to be thinking about when you're entering into these agreements as a business owner, even if you're not likely to sell for the next few years, is the types of risk clauses that sit in these contracts because they're the sorts of things that buyers will be interested in when they're looking to buy a company, the risk clauses that you've signed up to with client and supplier agreements. Yes, that's right. The extent of indemnities that you've given or Mm. the extent of guarantee, Mm. including personal guarantees that you might have given. Mm, absolutely. And that's and I guess on the personal guarantee side, once again, businesses should be ensuring that they either number one aren't giving personal guarantees or number two, recording any personal guarantees that they've given so that when it comes to the point of sale, they are absolutely aware of which personal guarantees need to be released through that sale process. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And I think the other areas you talked on are, are really relevant as well. The lease, so location, locking in location. What can business owners do to lock in their location in their lease? Mm. So making sure that you've got a, a secured lease, essentially, that there's a 
an appropriate term with appropriate option to renew, the lease is registered, just to make sure that, that you've actually got an ironclad tenure mm. at the premises. Absolutely. Yep. And then, and I guess staffing is also a relevant area in terms of locking in the value of the business. And obviously, retention of staff is always relevant to business owners anyway. But particularly if you're gearing up to sale, mm. retention of staff issues is something that's important for business owners to think about. Yeah, you want to make sure that there's appropriate provisions to in your, in your staff contract with regard to there being confidentiality clauses, mm. some appropriate restraints mm. and vesting of IP that they've created throughout mm. the, their period of employment. That's all really important to make sure that they are in place because if a purchaser comes in and sees that the employment contract doesn't quite protect the business sufficiently, then that there's extra work to be done to, mm. to satisfy the purchaser in due course. Absolutely. I mean, they'll be really concerned to um, make sure that staff aren't don't have the ability to uh, run off and take the and client compete. base with them. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and also with some businesses who have a large force of contractors or casuals, as a vendor, you've got to be very careful to ensure that you know what your legal obligations are in terms of accruing the right amount of long service leave and so forth. Mm. And yes, casual staff can have entitlement to long service leave. And so and so you've really got to make sure that all that's properly provisioned for. Otherwise, you're going to be looking at a discounted sale price. Mm. And we've certainly seen in the past quite a few examples of issues that have been caused when buyers take concern or potential buyers, prospective buyers, take concern with organisations that have a large level of contractor-based personnel as part of their staff. Yes, yes, where they're not, where the arrangements with the contractor staff isn't set up appropriately. Mm, absolutely. To minimise risk, yeah. Mm. Great, okay, all right. So I think that's a good summation of the areas of locking in the value in the business. I guess the next area to think about is being prepared for due diligence. So what the things are that business owners can do now to be setting themselves up so that when the business is sold in the future, getting ready for due diligence isn't easy rather than a hard process. Mm. What's the sort of things that business owners should be thinking about with due diligence? Well, you look at the list of the, um, the elements that have value in the business, such as client contracts, staff, employment agreement, you know, to make sure that there's appropriate contracts in place that are not going to present issues to you later down the track. So make mm. sure they're in order, essentially. Mm. And that you're fully compliant with all your legal obligations. So I guess it's just getting that house in order, making sure the yes. contracts are secure and you're, you're meeting legal obligations. I guess it's also mm -hmm. about putting systems in place to ensure that you're able to access documents and contracts and financials easily. So it's about putting in place systems to ensure not just number one, that you're compliant, number two, that you have thoroughly captured um, value and watered against risk, but also that you can find these documents in the future, right? Because that's an issue that we see every now and again. And, and sometimes it's particularly difficult for smaller businesses to actually find all of the information that we need to hand across as part of the due diligence process. Yes, correct. Particularly often, I guess, businesses, say, for example, let's take a lease as an example, businesses that have a long 
term in their lease, you know, may have signed this lease five years ago, so Mm -hmm. haven't looked at it for five years. And if they can't find it, that's a problem. Yes, particularly if it's not registered. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good. Okay. All right. So I think the main element then out of everything that we've talked about here is making sure your business, getting your business sale ready so that you can run it in a sale ready state. I think all of the things that we've talked about here, locking in the elements of value in your business, having systems in place so that you're orderly, protecting your intellectual property are all sorts of things that are good for good running of a business anyway, right? It's not just about being sale ready. This is great things mm-hmm. for businesses to do anyway. But the bonus yes. is that if for some reason you have to sell your business, then quickly, then you're in a state you're where ready. you're able to do that. That's right. Exactly. And I guess this relates also not just to business sale, but also being ready for if you need to get finance for a business or bring partners on board or any sort of other JV arrangements that you might be looking at. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what if you need to sell quickly and you don't have time for all of this preparation. I guess what can our listeners do or their advisors do? What's the consequences? I guess the real consequence is that you might end up with a lower sale price than you um, originally hoped for. And yes. I guess mm-hmm. that you don't have time for preparation. That might be another. Yeah, when you don't have time, you tend to rush things through and, and when you rush, errors creep in and, yes. and so forth and, and it's just not an ideal position to be in to have to sell quickly and not be prepared for your sale and, mm. and it just presents poorly to the purchaser and again has an impact on price and because yep. you have to get out quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And if, and if any of our listeners have clients who are looking for a future sale but they aren't told until the last minute that their clients are actually thinking of selling. So this can often happen, I know, to um, accountants or to brokers. I guess the advice for you is to help your clients get the right advice from experts quickly, from people who understand the area so that they can help guide your clients through what to do and get themselves ready as quickly as possible. Because these sorts of things can crop up from time to time. um, And it's about making sure if that happens, that you're getting the right advice in place from people who understand the area. That's right. And it's a a whole range of people. You've got accountants and lawyers and other financial advisors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So I, I think probably the action steps then for our listeners from the things we've talked today are first, well, number one, check out our website, which is thedealroompodcast.com to get a transcript of today's discussion and also an ebook which we've prepared here at Aspect Legal that helps businesses get ready for sale. And we also have a number of checklists there. But let's run through, I guess, the four key action steps for our uh, listeners or any business in relation to preparing for a sale. What's the first one, do you think? Well, it's just to make sure that your business structure is appropriate. Absolutely. To to sell, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good first step. And Mm. I guess that second step then is probably thinking about the key areas of value and locking them in. Yes, and make sure that your your contracts are all in in order and in place to uh, maximise the value of your business. Absolutely. So we're locking in intellectual property, I guess client contracts, as you just mentioned, 
key yep. staff, lease. The property lease, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess supply contracts as well. Yes. And so then the third area to look at is establishing systems for reducing risk. So I guess that would be making sure your agreements are up to date. As Liz said before, being careful about indemnity clauses and liability exclusion clauses and buyers hate, you know, broad indemnity clauses and liability exclusion clauses. Mm-hmm. And also to make sure that, you know, those contracts uh, don't have prohibitive clauses regarding assignment or change in control. That's a very key clause in your contracts with customers and um suppliers. Absolutely. Just so that they can't get out of the contract just because you're selling a business. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess fourth, finally, is run the business sale ready because it's good for your business um, and it's good for you if you need to sell the business on a quick or urgent basis. Great. Okay. Well, that's all. Thank you so much for joining in, Liz. You're welcome. Just a quick recap for our listeners. In this episode, we talked about the legal elements in preparing for the sale of a business for owners and managers of businesses gearing up for exit, but also for accountants, brokers, and other advisors who work with businesses who might possibly be gearing up for a sale in the next five years. Thanks for listening in. If you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. If you're looking to buy or sell in the near future, you can organise a free consultation with us. Or if you have clients who are looking to buy or sell, we can also organise a free consultation for them. We also have a number of free checklists available for you, or if you have clients, this can be co-branded also with your business. Throughout our website on thedealroompodcast.com, you'll also be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd like to read it in more details. And you'll also find details there of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items that we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Liz Lee from Aspect Legal on the Deal Room Podcast. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen. that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.